Hey everyone, Evan here, co-host of Locked On Cavs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. On today's show, Chris Manning and I take your mailbag questions and just talk about them because we're a little bit in the wilderness right now when it comes to the Cavs, but we'll be back soon closer to the draft with more Cavs content, but we appreciate your submissions. And if you weren't able to get it in this time, let us know on Twitter or in our Discord server where a lot of these questions came from and uh, join us for our locker room sessions if whenever you can as well. Want to let you know, too, that today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join Evan oh, just me this week on Thursday, 8 p.m. to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way that we talk about sports. Sports are good. Chris, how you doing, man? How you feeling? We should we should uh, talk about the elephant in the room, why I won't be in Locker Room and why uh, our schedule is a little jambled up this week. You just have some stuff going on, and that's good for you. Yeah, I'm... Uh Chris wants me to take a week off from talking about the Cavs. I have a bit of a trip coming up, and I told him, said, okay, I'm leaving town Wednesday, so let's talk about it, and then we'll be joined by the significant other of honorary number one co-host, Brittany Mollis. Doesn't even, who doesn't even subscribe to the show, which is very concerning. Yeah. It really hurts, Danny. Come on, man. Like, well, no, no, no. I'm talking about... Oh, Brittany? Yeah. Brittany even more hurt. Really even more hurt. Um... I can't confirm the Danny thing. I can confirm the other one. <laughs> God, that I'm really hurt, man. You were, you, you, were, you, were, you were in the chat. You were in the chat when when we figured that Do you out. Think I read or re- retain information? Absolutely not. That's actually Evan, more offensive to yeah. Brittany and the people we work with at Feed the Sword. Um, <laughs> so we got some mailbag questions, Chris. Um, but before we do that, have you been playing any Fortnite lately, my guy? No, I, I haven't. I've been doing some Animal Crossing. Well, you know what? That's a good mental health cleanse. Makes you happy. Haven't gotten a Victory Royale in a while. It escapes me. Um, close to unlocking Raven. That's pretty fun. Um, I got the Slurp skin for Cluck, but I'm sticking with my guy Meowsles. Uh, it's just such a good skin, but I'm just kind of stalling here, but we have some mailbag questions and these are from our discord server. Uh, we kind of posted them out on Twitter late in Sunday evening and we didn't get any responses. So that's no longer there. And we have a, we have a guest from, or a question for one of our best guests as well, but this is from rice. Um, when you look at the core four for this team, and that is Jared Allen, Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, and Isaac Okoro, where do you rank them currently one from four? And where do you rank their ceilings one through four? And I think this is actually a really good question. It's a fun thought it's exercise. A, it's such a violent question to start with. Evan, oh, we're not doing is, this on but... video, but I'm like, I didn't even realize the implications of this question until you just write it back to me, even though we discussed what we were going to talk about. And now, now I'm like, oh, God. You know what, man? Do what I do. Just piece yourself out of Twitter. Occasionally pop into the Locked On podcast NBA chat and rattle sean coleman's cage and then piece yourself back out again um and then have ashley bastock switch sides on you because you don't check twitter you only do it like once or twice a week and it's just your dms for the introduction um oh no i appreciate it just which okay team evan okay which one not anymore which one of us is going first um see we can talk about it in real time too because i wonder if we can come to the consensus ranking I would go Isaac four in terms of in terms of how good they are right now, and then we'll do. Are like, they are they are yeah are they are right now? Okay. Isaac four, Darius three. I'm really churning the gears here. Colin two, Jarrett one. I think that's where I'm at. I would go, but you could flip flop Colin and Jarrett for me. I would go Colin one, 
uh, Jared two just because of track record. Like that's mm-hmm. actually the only reason why the Darius three and Isaac four. Colin is wondering just because I think he's doing something that is harder than what Jared has done. What is that? He's scoring at a high level and in, in, as like a as a perimeter player in the league that is dominated by perimeter players. Like there there are quibbles that I have with what he's doing, right? Like and there's limits on how much I would pay. There's limits on like we'll get into this in the other half of this question. Like the, I've I don't I want to I don't know exactly where it's going and beyond where it's at right now. I sort of have questions about that. Um, but I think in terms of I think in terms of um, what he's doing and the amount of minutes he's done it in and stuff, as opposed to Jared, who's kind of like played lower minutes and like his offensive mm-hmm. game is sort of kind of what it's like, kind of like one and a half dimensional. Like it is sort of like I'm either catching lobs or doing little stuff around the rim. And like, it, there's not a whole lot else to it right now. Colin's got like a pretty deep bag in terms of like his, where he's scoring and in some, in some ways how he's scoring. Um, especially cause I think there's parts of it that not, that are not his fault where it's been underutilized. Um, but that that is where I'm at with it. The other, I think that is a much easier question than the upside question. Yeah, I'm kind of avoiding this one. Do you want me? To- All right, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go first. Okay, be my guest. I think Isaac is number one. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. you're shocking um, me so far. Keep going. I think Isaac is one because I think there's the potential for him to be a two-way dominant big wing force in a way that is. Like I'm, all, I'm, I am factoring like how important this that archetype of player could be if they hit their absolute absolute ceiling. That's fair. Okay. Isaac would clearly, Isaac would clearly be one if that's the case. Yeah, I think there's just something in in what like I, I that is the kind of player that I just fall in love with. And like mm-hmm. again, like he does not have to be perfect, right? Like he does not have to be, um, like you can be a. I, I think something I've come to like realize the last like year especially is like you can be like an extremely high high level player with little little words in your game. Like Jimmy Butler can't shoot threes and he's incredible. And Isaac is not going to be Jimmy as a passer, but like he, I don't know if he, it's not even fair to him. Jimmy's been incredible this year. He's been one of the best ten players in the league the last two seasons. But I think Isaac is one, and I feel pretty good about that. Um, I go Darius too. This feels like who wants to be a millionaire when like the music's playing like the dun 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 dun. But it's dun, not dun, like dun, the dun. guy who like called his dad or whatever and was like, "Hey, I'm gonna win a million dollars." Yeah, it's, it's like the like opposite that. of like it, I'd be. It's I'd a high be, like, pressure okay. situation because yeah, I'd be like, "Who's the smartest person I know, and why is it my wife?" Because if we um, rank a certain player fourth, I know well that <laughs> quite a few people. I are think gonna se- be I'm gonna it. go Sexton. I'm gonna go Sexton three and Allen four. But like I I. Allen at four is basically like, I guess like, like I don't know how much of a leap there is from him to Capella if it's the right situation. I don't know if it's like a him getting better thing as opposed to like him just being used right. Yeah, I I, I get that. And I I think with Colin like there is scoring stuff that I think could get better, and I think the defensive potential in terms of steals, in terms of, um. Some more deflections is a good. I, I the passing. I, I know the assist numbers are better, and that is good because you need to make simple passes. He's just not the same kind of passer Darius Garland is. Go to the Jared Allen piece that I wrote that I thought we talked about um, on the WKYC show in depth, and look at the different passes they're making. And and you can say like, oh, you only clip some. I literally watched every single assist that both guys made at least like three times to Jared Allen, and like the the qualitatively difference, the passes are just different. They are. It's it's just it is what it is. Um, so my order would be Okora, Garland, Sexton, Allen. Well, I'd say your optimism is misplaced, Manning. Um, okay, 
But I, you you know when I've been on Okoro, like oh, no, I, I, I I can understand I, where you're I bought at. A, I, I bought like a very large plot of land I couldn't afford, and I'm I live there now. Did you tell your wife yet? No, she's out riding the Harley, dude. Mm. She's she's busy. That's fair. Um, if you know, if you're in our no, no one else knows. No, We're not gonna explaining this. We're not explaining this. Just, just. Uh, I'm avoiding question. answering it. Um, you have to. We have. I know. We, we have. Um, you have 50 seconds until we're at 10 minutes. Or no, we have about a minute until we're about like 10 minutes into the show, and then we have to take a break. So Darius I need you to answer the question. One, Isaac two, Jarrett three, Colin four. Okay. So how do you? What is your logic for Colin at four? I think I have a better idea of what kind of player Colin Sexton is. I think there are certain limitations to his game that just will not improve. Yes, the playmaking was encouraging in April, but when you and I were breaking down that film footage, you really noticed, like in terms of Jared Allen and Darius Garland, like having good on-court chemistry. It's Colin just making the easy read, and that's just kind of time and time again. That's a lot of what his passes are. Like that's a good thing and a good development for him. But I don't see him being a lead guard. I see him being a high volume inefficient at times score for the Cavs and I feel more comfortable in saying that in the long term plan I don't believe that you can pair two young guards together to begin or two small guards together like that especially those that are both limited so much defensively and Colin has the God given abilities to be a good defensive player but he just isn't and that's okay but I think he's better suited still as a six man and I think that is going to be his apex. I think he's going to be a very good player. I don't think he's a max player. I don't think anyone on Cleveland's young core is a max player, to clear, clarify. Um, just to say again, like I think it's strange that people are so obsessed with defending their golden calf, but it is what it is, and I will stay behind that. Um, I just think Darius has shown me a lot of stuff this year where in terms of playmaking, in terms of scoring, like... He had a very encouraging stretch for the majority of the second half of the season where I'm like, okay, this kid's got the juice. This kid definitely has something here. I can see why the Cavs took him fifth overall. I can see the vision of why they have tapped him as their point guard of the future. Um, Isaac, I get your endearment towards him. And like, if he does tighten up his handle and he does tighten up his shot, the Cavs really are cooking with grease with him as well. I think that's you got to see where it goes. I don't want to get the cart ahead in front of the horse too much here, but I think some of those things are obtainable next year, and they could work towards them. The shots could be the trickier one of those two things, I think, but I think the handle is real. Um, him playing reserve point minutes just out of necessity for the Cavs is like a fun development that kind of worked. And then Jarrett, like you said, it's just more so on how he's utilized, and I think if he was able to play more Darius this season, we'd get a clearer idea of what he is and isn't. I don't think he's he could be Capella-like, but the problem is the Cavs also didn't have a real point guard on the floor for the majority of the end of the season. So I don't even – I'm not even there with that, and we're, we're going to take a break here. But I, I don't even think it's that for me. I think it's just like – I think next season, like in terms of scheme and stuff, could just look a lot cleaner just because like proper install time. That's fair. I just think like you're going to see stuff that like looks more coherent and is like a little more like like – like unif looks more sort of like consistent in some ways than I and I think we saw just because I think the install in the off season is going to make such a big difference. I I'm like all in on that. I really just like I just I just sort of like can't take that out of my brain. If and I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But that that's where we're at. That's fair, and I think if the Cavs are able to bring in an assistant who can help install a stronger offensive system for the Cavs, it, it would do wonders for them too. I think. Yeah, I th- and I, and I and I think defensively, like I think making some tweaks yeah. to what they did last year, like starting to add some layers, um, maybe a would, little would less drop and a little more switching, maybe that worked. It's not even. Th- I think you can drop. I think you just need to drop in a way that is like actually funneling stuff to where you want it to go. That's. 
because like that's, I think that's I where think, my concerns are. Is you, the Cavs have the personnel to make that work though at this time, or maybe yeah. they need to change the yeah, formula. Yeah, they should. If you drill it, you should. And then I think like if you, if you coach it right, you kind of defense is a lot of that. And I think if you want to switch, you the the place you could get to is like you can run out lineups where you could switch a little more like one through four, and then still let Jared just kind of like roam. Like watch the the Hawks or the Jazz or some of these teams that are playing more traditional centers like that play like. These are bigs that are hounding the paint and they're marking it. And then they're doing other stuff outside of that. Atlanta, for instance, like maybe switches a little more, gambles a little more. Utah is like button to shooters. Like they're just like, we're not allowing, we're not, we're going to funnel everything here. And that is our strategy. And like you, you got to pick what kind of extent you want to push it to. But Evan, we got to take a break. We we, we've gone long on that question. Um, let us know your thoughts. Tweet us at Lockdown Cavs uh, with your thoughts on I ain't that. Checking, I ain't email. checking my Twitter, so go ahead. Yeah, I, I will deal with it. But uh, we're going to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Locker Room. Locker Room is changing the way that we talk about sports. It is the perfect place to start or join your conversation about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and, of course, reacting to big news or rumors. Um, perhaps Evan and I will do, like, a watch party for a playoff game at some point. That could, that could be a fun time. Um, you will have a chance to chat with Evan and I and might even have a chance to be featured on the pod when you come to our locker room conversations. It'll just be me this week. I'm looking on who, how I'm going to book. It could be a, a fun guest you've heard on the show before, but join me Thursday, 8 p.m. and I'll be hosting a room then for Lockdown Caps. Go download the free locker room now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. Follow at CWMRH to be notified when the room goes live. I know you're not going to want to miss it. I'm planning to be live again this week, Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Cavs. See you there. Locker room, changing the way that we talk about sports. We are back. Evan Jamerl here. Chris Manning is my co-host with the mostest. He was pointing at me because my mic was muted before, so how the sausage is made. But Chris, before we hop back in with a more lengthy discussion, real quick, we have a question from Discord user J216. What throwback jerseys would you like to see next year, and which jersey would you get rid of or like to see, like, a, a change to? Uh, for me, I'd change the home white so it says Cavaliers instead of Cavs. And throwback-wise... Let's get funky with it. Um, do you know the ones that are like Vegas gold with like the white and wine horizontal stripes across? And it says like Cavaliers and like lowercase block letters. Let's do that one. Let's uh, that's yes. a, that's an Austin Carr throwback. I want to see that one. Um, I'm first off. I'm lighting every jersey they have on that they wore last year on fire. Oh, total garbage. I light them all on fire. I don't want to see any of them ever again. They're bad. Yeah, they need they need a they need to refresh their look. And last I heard, it's still happening, but it may be delayed because of the pandemic. Like the Cavs are aware that the branding looks good for corporate and like other stuff, but it doesn't really it it wasn't a good execution on the floor. And I think the Nike rebrand as a whole has just been kind of hit or miss. Yeah, um, that that's very true. Okay, so I'm gonna give you. The one that I would I would say like if I could bring back like a recent jersey that I actually really like it's a 2019 city jersey the the navy jersey has got the old school like kind of feather clee really with, like the all Frankenstein of, I, jersey no I don't th- you call I'm gonna send it to you I don't think this no is no the no it's jersey. it's the blue one with the clee and then it has the 90s font and then it has like the candy cane no. candy cane is striping on the sides no yeah oh yeah I love that jersey I. I think it looks really good in person. I think it looks okay in person. I just, I call it the Frankenstein jersey. Just, 
I don't know. I, I like the okay, Clay compa- with the flutter. Evan, 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 compared to the tw- the city jerseys that they had that were like that those orange and blue abominations. Dog, their earned jerseys, which were the glacier version of those, are yeah. so... I love those jerseys. Those are yeah, so but like that's nice. but yeah, those are just, but that's not like a cap. Like it's just the colors weird. Like the city, the the gray jerseys were absolutely atrocious. Well, LeBron designed that one, and LeBron's <laughs> like, yeah, he had a, he had an iconic shot of them in that episode. Hilarious. Um, the, Evan, the obvious jersey pull for me that I would bring back is the the orange uh, jersey with the calves across the chest with the calves netting. I love that jersey. I love that whole era of like late like eighties, early nineties Cavs jerseys. I think are absolutely my favorite look for the team of all time. Um, the other one, the other two, I would say, or I guess the other one that I would say that I, I quite like is the two thousand sixteen Christmas jerseys. Yeah, those are fresh with the uh, like the gingerbread style font to them, but they're yeah, yeah they, they I, swapped it the cream for gold. Uh huh. Yeah, those are nice. Um, I I extremely wish I would have bought one. Even though like, I don't really wear jerseys, but I love those jerseys. I have the one with like the gingerbread, like cream one, because mm-hmm. the twenty fifteen su- su- surprise, surprise, everyone. Um, in college, I dressed like a frat bro, and so basketball jerseys were very common at summer parties for me, and so that one got a lot of mileage for me. It was a Kyrie one. Um, yeah, but so in terms I, of other jerseys, yeah. I'm trying to think. I'm like looking at all of them now. Um, I, have we ever talked about that? Just then, I just we'll, we'll get to another question in a second. But have we ever talked about the '90s jerseys at all? Yeah, because uh, I have an affinity for them, and I don't know if you do. Like the er, late night, early '90s jerseys, or the like the, the ones they brought back last the, year. The ones they brought back last year with the solid orange font instead of like the like the '90 to '94 to '97 ones. I like those. I think they're ugly, yeah. but they have like a they're charming in a certain way. They're very of their yeah. time. The other the other one that I would say to bring back is the uh, uh, the they wore them for the the blue and orange uh, the blue and orange calves with like the the netting or the wine and gold calves with the netting. I think oh, the those, I think like the that's those are red. Yeah, those are red. I I'm looking at the, from 2009 2010. They're the hardwood classics mm-hmm. and the calf and attic yep. ones. Those are good. Um, those are really good. I remember in 2K a lot. I used the 2008 2009 calf and attic ones. They're really out there they're like royal blue yellow with like red and gold accents so they're 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 odd um they can't bring them back but i'd love them just to bring back to 2003 to 2010 jerseys that's like one of the best looks the Cavs have had yeah i i like those um i I, some of that is just like nostalgia but like i it's like i'm okay with that and kind of nostalgia because i don't i think if you updated them they could do work but like it's funny like we should take another question but i think the funny part is like they, they black is like at least for now part of the team's color scheme and it's like they wore these ass looking jerseys that like they just for whatever reason wore i don't even remember the reason lebron hated like, him he ripped the sleeves on national tv yeah, yeah those the 2015 to 2017 ones and then they wore like the 2017 ones because it was like we're black is now part of our color scheme because we, we won a title in it and like mm-hmm. that's just extreme like corporate branding nonsense it is and it's got the tire treads in the front but we have a question from junior 24 um do you think the Cavs go best player available if they don't get the first pick and to piggy off back off of that let's say it sucks at three do they take them do they take him at three if he's the best player available uh chris you can take this one first i think at three no I think at three you're getting one of Mobley or Green. Really? Well, yeah. You're you're not assuming Evan Mobley is off the board at two. I'm saying one of them, and I'm saying it's probably Green. 
Yeah, I agree. I, and with I, that. I think Green would just sort of be like cleaner in a lot of fronts there. And you could argue, very much argue he's the better player of the two. He, yes, you can do that. And I also think Jalen Green brings to the table a lot of what Kevin Porter Jr. provided to the Cavs and maybe just a lot less problematic in the way he does it's it. It's like probably cleaner upside in some yeah, ways. There's a little bit cleaner upside and the only difference is, is the Cavs barely had to play KPJ because he was the 30th overall pick and if let's say they took Jalen Green at three you pay him a lot more but semantics but either way um, so if it's four let's say Mobley and Green are off the board I think yeah the Cavs would take Suggs don't you? Yeah, I, the caveat I would have is like maybe like certain draft pick, like if the draft throw follows a certain way, like maybe you could entice someone to come up. Yeah, that's that's like a fair. I, I I think, and that's something I think I'm not super always comfortable with like trading back, but I think like if you really believe, if you're like okay, Sexton and Garland is a thing we're going to continue to build with. Like I I think I I sort of just think if you take Suggs, it's saying something about what you're doing, and I, I they can spin it however the, the f they want. I I think it would be. Wow. I really just think if you if Suggs is your BPA at four and you take him. Like I think you're saying something, and you can say you're not, but I think you are, and we you can we can see where that would go, but I think you'd clearly be saying something about what you've done the last couple of years. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I know friend of the pod Justin Rowland would cry because his t-shirt money would just evaporate if they took Suggs. Because I think if you took Suggs, you need to make the hard decision, and maybe if they took Suggs, you have a better idea of how the Colin Sexton extension talks are going. Because Chris Fedor did report that if Colin doesn't agree or says he wants a max. The Cavs are comfortable with going either trading him or going to restricted free agency next season. And if things get messy, maybe they try to trade him sooner than later. Maybe they take Suggs. And I think Suggs and Garland would be awesome together if they did trade Sexton. But we won't deal with that because it's something we don't have to worry about till August at this point. But um, and, and again, this this PPA could change. Like, there's going to be some weird draft stuff. Like it is oh. never consensus. We have to remind ourselves of it. I have to do it all. Scotty Barnes is going to be a riser. I, I agree with Chris on that one because the playmaking upside he has is as a big body playmaker who can't shoot is very intriguing. There, yeah, there's the other thing there. else. I did some canvassing and the the range of, that most people were comfortable with for a second extension this summer is 16 to 20 million. Oh. That's the number that I've been told is sort of like people people around the league would view that as like a, an acceptable contract. And I agree. I think that's a very acceptable contract. If the Cavs want to sweeten it a little bit, twenty two million eight, like four years, eighty eight million, or five years, that'd be one hundred and ten million. I'd sign him to that, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'll say answer your question. I, I the Cavs. If, I, I, yeah. Should I wonder always, if they also could do like a declining thing too? They, they probably could. I think they because they structured Larry's contract like they that. They love. They love. That's a Cavs. That's classic a very Cavs thing is to pay the player more up front and then have it be on a declining deal. So let's say the Cavs do get better, some of these players are a little bit more movable too. Or if they want to like you know restart the rebuild again, these players are a little or, bit. More or or if like you hit a point where like you need the extra three million dollars to sign a free agent yeah. and like when this when this core like actually develops like that is the other reason you do that kind of stuff. Uh, but Evan, it's uh, time for another break. Before and, we do uh, that, I do yeah. want to say it's clear that Chris and I both agree the Cavs cannot be picky with players. They take BPA every single time until they are back in the playoffs and are a legitimate playoff threat. Yeah, I. You should I, never draft for fit in the top five. There's a reason yeah, why you, you're in the top five. Yeah. You, Unless you're the Warriors, then, that's a little different. Then, then you just. Carl and the Towns really just needed to play with D'Lo, which is hilarious. Um. Anyway. Evan, it's time to tell everyone about our friends at Built Bar. So Built Bar, as everyone knows, I and mean, you got to know by now, is the best tasting protein bar ever. They have nine delicious flavors out right now, and then they also have the occasional limited time flavors. Flavors include coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, and salted caramel. 
There's something for everyone at Bilt Bar, and my favorite flavor right now, I gotta say coconut, had one on Sunday before I went and did some um, mulch work with my brother-in-law, and like, as a substitute for breakfast, I woke up a little bit late, and it was, it was fantastic, and I felt energized the whole time I was out there in the heat. Really hot in Cleveland this weekend, by the way, if people don't know. Oh, it's, um, it's gonna get hotter, my man. Oh boy. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. Evan, is it hotter in Kobe Altman's, on Kobe Altman's seat, or in terms of temperature? Um, it's comparable to both. Okay, okay. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and 4 grams of sugar. That's, like, fantastic. And only a couple of the other flavors have 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, and 5 grams of sugar with 5 grams of net carbs. Nine amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, that is LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Let me give you a quick word from our other sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The baseball season is in full swing, and you can track it all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. So, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, but only if you use the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts and the exclusive betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, we are back for the last segment of the day. My name is Evan Damerel. His name is Chris Manning, as the government would like to call us. Chris, I have one more question from our... No, 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 no. Actually, no. Sorry. I got to pull out the old phone for this one, because it is from friend of the pod, Jeff Nomina, who who ignores us quite often, more often than not, and calls us shills for the team. What is the least you'd accept in a Larry Nance trade? Well, let's just talk about this in terms of how we know it's been out there. We both are very sure that teams have offered the Cavs like late first round picks for him. Mm-hmm. They have. They have. They absolutely have. I know the Denver Nuggets are a team that hounded the Cavs for a while to try and get him in. The Portland Trailblazers wanted to trade for him as well. And the Phoenix Suns and a few other teams in the West. A lot of Western Conference teams that are title yeah, Phoenix, or playoff Phoenix. threats really wanted yeah. Larry. Okay, so if it's this year's draft, here's what, that, here's what those picks would have been. Uh, the... The Denver pick would have been 25 pending the playoffs. Phoenix would have been 29. And Portland would have been 21, uh, depending on what else was going on. It could not have been this year's pick it's because it was, it was going to Houston. Houston. Yeah, You're right. So it would have been a future first. Um, hmm. I, I think you could talk me into, like, picks in the 17 to, like, 22 range, like two or three of them. But you might not get that. It might be like one, and then like some seconds. I, I, yeah. If you're pulling, if you're if you're pulling away the nostalgia factor of this, like you could get to a place where I think you do this. You're losing something for sure. Um, and I, I sort of again would. I kind of want to like. I don't really like. The, the, well, we talked about this in the Allen episode, but like the the Allen Nance numbers were like not very good. I sort of just want to see like a bigger sample of it in a, in an actual normal season. And then, like, I just look at um, – I, I would rather just, like, not have Kevin Love here as opposed to, like, trading Larry. But, like, yeah. I could see where you would entertain something. It, it would take, I think, two, like, D 
decent first where you can get like you can, you can do something like Memphis did and add like multiple cost controlled like good rookies if you're going to be smart about it but the Cavs aren't always smart about it yeah. so and we kind of talked about this on our episode for Monday where like the Memphis Grizzlies kind of ripped the band-aid off when they traded Mike Conley and Marcus all you know arguably the faces of their franchise and the faces of the grit and grind Grizzlies well, th- as well. this is different I, w- I think I we should be clear that this is very different but my thought process behind this is are the Cavs able to remove the emotional attachment to players whether it's Larry Nance or let's say they Colin Sexton is a name who could be floated in trade talks as well if like extension talks go sideways like do the, are the Cavs able to remove the emotional attachment to these players especially Larry who is the son of a player who has his jersey retired and is a part of an iconic era of Cavaliers basketball are the Cavs able to remove that emotional attachment? I know I keep saying that, but are they able to do it and say, yes, Larry brings a lot to the table. He's a huge part of the community. He is a marketing dream for the Cavs. Like they can sell jerseys and they can sell tickets behind the idea of Larry Dance Jr. Cause nostalgia as Don Draper would say in my limited viewing of Mad Men is it's poetic. It's potent. Um, there's a lot of appeal there, but do the Cavs, can they say we can make ourselves better as a basketball team if we traded Larry Nance and let's say they get a mid-20s first-round pick offered for him? I think it would be remiss of Cleveland not to see what they could get there for him. And if they got offered like a pick in the late teens, early 20s, or even I'd go as low as 25 for Larry. Like, I think I would. And especially because, like we talked, he's on a declining contract, too. Like, his contract has a lot of appeal. He is making – the way he is performing at times is way less than what he's making it feels. Yeah, and injuries are probably our part of it. Yeah, injuries are sure. a big part of it for sure. But um, it's just interest, – it's, it's an interesting thought exercise because if you asked me a little while ago, would you think that – I'd say absolutely not. And I still think the Cavs would say absolutely not too, but I'm starting to creep up to the idea of like, maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea. But like you said, if they're able to move on from Kevin Love and it's going to be from a buyout, I think you keep Larry as that bench four and you look to upgrade the four position. I will just add that I, th- I think two things about this. Number one, I think the basketball side of it could probably say yes. I think the business side, and these worlds blur, I think especially with the Cavs, um, <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. Uh, I do think that the business side would be more to say no than not. And then secondly, the thing that I will add is that I, I do sort of like like the idea of like that you can have a guy that's like very connected to one team or like one city in his career and like you can ride that out in some ways. And the world doesn't always work that way, but I really like, really like when it happens. I like could make soccer references here, Evan, but I'm not going to. Um, I, I well, very much You and Larry like, would get it, but I wouldn't. Yeah, Larry. Larry uh, tweeted a picture of Gareth Bale because Bale scored two goals and helped Chelsea and for Spurs, and then like that helped Chelsea, his team, make the Champions League. So linked up um, for mm. for one moment there on that front. Oh, but good, like good for San Antonio. But <laughs> shut the fuck up. but if uh, if like Larry arrives in his career in Cleveland, it can be like the guy that is like been with the the team for like however long, and like you can end it in that way. Like that's a cool thing, and it's very rare. But like I, I think if the like a purely basketball side would consider this stuff stronger than like the business side would, and yeah, the ro- the roster constraints as opposed to like like in the NFL where like you have the, these massive rosters or like in soccer where like you can just like have a lot of guys that aren't just on your team but they're like around the club still. The differences there sort of make this a little bit harder to pull off, I would say. So what you're saying is the Cavs should trade Larry Nance or consider trading Larry Nance, but still let him hang out in the locker room and be a part of the team and the community. 
look, if I don't know if he would do it, but Larry Nance would be the per when he, when he retires in like ten years, he would be the perfect Austin Carr replacement. You think so? Do you think he has the? I, I'm, I'm still big. I'm still big be, on Booby Gibson. I thought Booby was really good. And, I just, I just think like you need someone who wants to live in Cleveland, and I don't think Daniel Gibson wants to live in Cleveland. No, I don't think Daniel Gibson wants to live in Cleveland. Daniel either. Gibson likes living in Houston, Texas. Yeah. Um, uh, Larry, Larry is like. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna hint something for some folks. Um, <clears throat> there's a reason why Brad Doherty kept coming back for the 50th season broadcast. Um, just yep. Take take that yep. for what you will. Yep. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting thought exercise for sure. Uh, do we have time for one more of Jeff's yeah, questions? Yeah, let's, let, let's do one more. Uh, so Jeff also asked us, um, pulling it up now, who do you expect to be in the rotation next year and how many guys need to be added to that? Let's, okay, so let's, let's look I'll, at I'll list it out. So you got Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, Isaac Okoro, Hopefully Jared Allen, barring like any trades or things going sideways, or they draft Mobley. So you have those four. Larry Nance, that's five. This year's draft pick, that's six. After that, it's Jetty if he's here, maybe. That's a big if, though. Dylan, I'm, I think he is more likely to be in the team than Kevin. I guess Kevin, yeah, Kevin or Jetty are like big question marks. Torian, if he's here, um, I think Torian will be. Okay, so let's say let's. I agree. So Torian will be the seventh one there. Uh, Jetty and Kevin are question marks, so they're kind of like half. So there's your eight ish, and then you have like it maybe Hartenstein comes back. I don't know. It, things could get interesting because the Cavs could flip some of these fringe rotation pieces. Whether it's a, I mean Torian Prince is on expiring contract, but I think he'd be interesting to come back, and I think he could actually up his trade value a little bit because he could well, if you, be playing if, a lot for a garbage team. If you move Kevin, if Kevin gets bought out or whatever, like Torian should play a lot of four. You think so? I think he was better as a two, three for the Cavs. Uh, I've been convinced that he should play some more four. I'm gonna look at the numbers, but like I've been convinced that like he could play some four, and you need him to as like a like a smaller option. And I think you can get away with it against a lot of teams. Here are my locks: Sexton, Garland, Okoro, Nance, Allen. Those are like the locks. How many other guys would you say you're like 100 percent sure they're on the team next year? That's tough to see. That's tough. Um, or like are worth minutes. Like did like Dylan Winler and and uh, yeah, I think um, like Lamar Stevens and Dotson all might be in the roster. Like I don't think they're locks to play. And I even would argue like Dotson was sort of like misused in terms of like what he actually should, should be should in the not league. Have played point guard for the Cavs. This no, year. he should be coming off screens and like being like budget what the shooters that we've talked about uh, the Cavs huh. need instead of like playing like third string point guard. Weird. But like I think there are five locks, and I think the rest of it is like more malleable than than we would like to to acknowledge. No, I, I agree. Uh, well, I I, so. Anderson Vergeau obviously is the sixth. Well, yeah, Joe Varden fucking vomits again. Um uh yeah five locks that's five I, I don't locks. I, I well, think the, it's five locks. The, the, the first round this year's first round pick will be the six okay yeah too. so six six so locks six, six locks. locks and one of them we don't know who that player is uh-huh it's just the mystery box right there so it, i think this Cavs seems going to be largely the same next year with just a few maybe new additions maybe they sign some interesting ish players that like maybe they want to get players on a private deal i think we're going to see a lot more torian prince I do think Kevin Love is coming to an end. I really do. I think he's going to get bought out. Like I, I just get the vibe he's going to get bought out. And um, yeah, I think he's playing on the Portland Trailblazers opening night next year. Via yeah, yeah. If he has it his way, he's either playing for the Trailblazers or he, Anthony Davis, the Lakers finally convince him to play five more, or they play Kevin at the fourth AD at the five. Like I think Kevin would be really good for the Lakers too. 
Evan, I'm going to ask you a, a question as we wrap up here. It's like kind of a follow-up to Jeff's question. Here are four players that I'm going to say. I want to ask just to rank them in terms of like how you feel about them as pieces, pieces for next year and, and maybe beyond. Windler, Hartenstein, Broderick Thomas, Lamar Stevens. How do you rank those four? So he said Windler, Hartenstein, Oh, and I'm going to put, Wade, put Dean Wade in there as well. So Windler, Wade Hartenstein, Wade, Thomas, and did you say Dotson? No. Uh, sorry, sorry. Thomas, Thomas. Here we go. Thomas, Stevens. Oh, Stevens. Windler, Hartenstein, Wade. I'd go in like rank of like necessity to play. Like how how interested you are in them, and that could be like oh. maybe the, how much they play next year and stuff. I think I go Hartenstein one. Hartenstein really intrigues me. <laughs> like he's it's he was a weird addition, but I go Hartenstein one, probably Wade two. Oh gosh, uh, Thomas not sorry not Thomas Stevens three Thomas four and then Windler five. I think the Windler ship sailed, and it's sad, but I think the Cavs need to move on. I don't know if they need to move on, but like, like he's got to get re- he's, he's just got to get, get right. rebuilt. Yeah, he's got to. Yeah, he, there's it's a long road back, and it's not just the physical aspect; it's the mental aspect too. Yeah, um, I went Stevens one just because like I have a, I'm a sucker for wings. Yeah, build be, and I'm, did I build, did Bills check clear your account early. Is that why? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, gotcha. Yeah. Promise me a big beer when I when he <laughs> when I see him. Um, but Stevens, I th- I think Dean Wade's like. I like Dean Wade a lot. I like I've Dean come Wade around. Too. And, I I think like Dean Wade's like bombing threes and trying and, and rebounding and like he can but be I like think that's all like, Dean Wade's gonna be too. I don't but think, that's fine. That, I that's don't fine. Care. I think that's great. But like, I, uh, yeah. in terms of intrigue, I know what you're gonna be. I'm more intrigued by this German Goliath who can now pass the basketball if, and was hunting for not, assists. Okay, but if he can just not foul all the time, I'm more interested. Because he yeah. fouls a lot. He does foul Jared a Allen lot. Is a, Jared Allen is in the top one. Per, okay, I just got to say this. I said this on the show yesterday, but I just need to emphasize this because I, I found this stat incredible. Jared Allen is in the t- was in the top 1% of players last year in terms of how many times he how many times he committed a foul on a shooter. In the top 1% of centers. That is absolutely insane for a guy that played on the 25th defensive team and is it's defending behind two small guards that is you know, that's crazy that's, and like i said Arnstein is like like in foul trouble immediately like the first game he played like he just fouls a lot and you got to fix that but you can't fix it with nance so maybe there's yeah. they, maybe that's their actual secret sauce there but um i think that's that do you want to finish ranking then we'll wrap up i, I, I would go off. i'm gonna go my actual ranking is is i'm gonna go steven's Wade Har- Stevens, Hartenstein, Wade, Thomas Windler. I'm I Windler just needs to be rebuilt. Thomas and Windler ca- sounds like uh, a member of the founding fathers that is hardly spoken of. They get extremely problematic uh, guy from like Virginia. Yeah, something. Like, yeah, that that's that's that. We're making up some lore for Dylan's ancestors. <laughs> Thomas Windler, just Thomas extremely, Windler, extremely problematic uh, plantation owner from from Georgia. There you go, but yeah. uh, but Evan, let's wrap it up. Man. Let's let's end there. Um, it's gonna be it. You yeah. gotta send us out. You hosted. I don't want to hijack you. Send us out, buddy. Yeah, no. Uh, thank you, everyone, for submitting your questions. Like I said at the top, if you missed out on your chance, you can submit them in our Discord server. If you want to join, the link is somewhere. I'm still not on Twitter. Um, I'll be coming back in late June with hopefully some news. Um, we will see what happens. But um, until then, stay safe. Uh, wear some sunscreen when you're out in this intense heat and sunshine. Even though it's supposed to rain a lot this week, we're recording this on Sunday night. Um, but until then, I will be back 
sometime next week, but Chris has Danny Cunningham joining him, and it's going to be a killer time for that. Uh, hopefully, Brittany subscribes this point around. But until next time, <laughs> for Chris and myself, thank you for listening, and go Cavs. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes of the Locked On Today podcast. Host Pete Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.